This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we are not going to be starting our Christmas countdown as Craig over in Master Control would like us to do. It's too darn early. Gosh, we just had Halloween, what, 16 days ago. It was, what, uh, today is the 11th. Let's see, today is the 16th. Five days ago, it was Remembrance Day, and he wants us to start doing our Christmas countdown. Sorry, pal. Come on. We got enough. Ho, ho, ho. Bye, bye, bye. That's what they should do. They should change Santa Claus from saying ho, ho, ho to bye, bye, bye. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Glad to see everyone is uh, joining us for this hour number two. My guest this hour is Tina M. Gaines, Exonation. She is the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery. It's an interactive book with an accompanying deck of 54 journaling prompt cards. Now, as a certified creativity and life purpose coach and a gifted intuitive and certified retreat leader, she is the moonlight muse for women who want to tap into the full moon within and claim their authentic self, both personally and professionally. Throughout her signature coaching programs, based on the phases of the moon, Tina gently guides women from darkness into the light as... They create an uh, authentic vision filled with purpose, passion, and creative expression. And uh, her website is www.themoonlightmuse.com, where you can receive a complimentary new moon vision board kit. Once again, that's www.themoonlightmuse.com. And uh, wow, Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here, Rob. Thank you for having me. It's my great pleasure. So tell me, uh, what was it? in your life that kind of pointed Tina towards all this moon stuff. Do you like the moon? I love the moon, but it's going way back though, where this whole journey started for me. It was right after the birth of my first child and 
at that time, mm-hmm. you know, I was a first-time mom and kind of thought, you know, how my life might go. What I wasn't expecting, though, is he had some health issues, nothing major, but it was enough for me to make a decision that I wasn't prepared to make, and that was to leave my career at the time and stay at home uh, with him. He did have a compromised immune system, so it was, um, he kind of came into the world and and just needed a little more protection. You know, we couldn't put him um, with, uh, in daycare and things like that. So I made a a conscious choice to stay at home with him thinking, you know, this will be fine. I can do this for a couple of years because that's what the pediatrician had suggested in order for him to build his immune system up. And so I did. I, I left my career at the time and we were in the process of relocating. My husband had a wonderful job opportunity at the time. And so we were making a lot of transitions kind of all at once. So when we got to where we were going and settled in and everything was okay for the first few weeks, and then it kind of hit me, you know, we're in this area where we didn't know anybody. I mean, our family was 15 hours away by car. My husband is British, so his family was across the pond. And I, I'm i an extrovert, you know, and I'm used to getting out and connecting and sure. knowing people. And um, But I didn't know anybody. And it was um, in an area, a uh, very different culture than what I'd grown up with. And I was kind of finding that it was a little harder, you know, in this particular area of the country, a little harder to kind of kind of break in. So, yeah, I did my best, joined play groups, did everything that I could within a certain framework um, for the health of my son, and I ended up falling into depression. It was what I would call a lifestyle depression. So it wasn't a clinical depression, but it was certainly a realization that I was depressed. And I have always been an avid journal writer. I have written probably since I was like 12 years old. And I started to write again. I started to pull out my journals and I would write. And because my son had a compromised immune system, he didn't sleep very well for those first uh, first couple of years. So I was up pretty much, you know, every two or three hours with him. And I remember about the time that the moon kind of came into my life uh, in the house that we were living in at the time there was a chair beside this beautiful bay window and I remember sitting by the bay window and my husband was sleeping because he had a full-time job so I was the one getting up all right we're going to have to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I've got to take my break Please stand by. All right. Tina M. uh, Games is our special guest explanation. She is the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery. Her website, www.themoonlightmuse.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, our affiliates around the world, and iHeartRadio. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. Fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow Welcome back, everyone. Van Morrison and Moondance here on the X-Zone as we bring our guest back, Tina M. Games, to the show. She's the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery. Her website is... TheMoonlightMuse.com. Now, Tina, before we went to the commercial break, you just started to tell us that here you were looking at the moonlight coming in and going, was it going to a chair? Yes, I was in a chair. Mm -hmm. First of all, thank you for that moon dance. I I love that song. Isn't that great? eh? um, That was wonderful. But yes, um, where we left, I was in in this chair Mm -hmm. and found myself in this chair night after night uh, by this big bay window. And one of the things I started to notice as, as I was writing, I would look out the window and I started to notice the moon. And kind of night after night, I started paying attention to the various phases that she was in because, you know, I could see the the crescents and I could see the quarters and the full moon and the no moon. And I started to notice after probably a full moon cycle, I started to notice in my own writing and my journal how I was feeling very aligned with the phases of the moon. I started to notice that when it was dark and I would look out, you know, where's the moon? Mm-hmm. I noticed that I was feeling dark inside. And then when I would notice the crescent, I was feeling like there was something peeking out out of me that I wasn't quite in tune yet, but I could feel it wanting to come out. And then the quarter, because whenever we look up at the sky and we see a quarter moon, it looks to us like it's half light, half dark. That's kind of, you know, what we see. And I was feeling that within myself, that there was a half light, that I could feel the possibility. And at the same time, I was feeling really dark and depressed. And Mm. so I started paying attention to these feelings and the moon. And then there was this aha that I had at some point, and it was probably maybe about the third um, cycle, probably like maybe the third month of sitting and doing this night after night. I started to notice themes in my writing. And I was sharing this with a friend because I I have a background uh, in journalism. So I've uh, always been a writer. And, and so I was sharing some of my um, insights with a friend of mine, a colleague. And so she said, you know, do you mind if I kind of read some of this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I would show her some of the things I was Mm -hmm. writing. And she said to me, Tina, do you realize you could write a book about this? And I, I said, really? And so we started to have this conversation 
And I was in the shower one day, as most wonderful ideas come to us in the shower, and I thought, you know what? I could do this. I could tell it through the moon phases. I could talk about this phase, you know, these, this transition I was in and the phases. And it started to occur to me and, and in conversation with my friend, I thought, you know, people go through transitions, you know, like the phases of the moon. Boy, we start in yeah. this really dark place. And we gradually move into the light, and then we kind of cycle back around again, and we mm-hmm. ebb and we flow like the moon does. And this led to a conversation that I had with my mother at about this time, because my mother and I, you know, um, had a rocky relationship, with, like you know, so many women do. And I remember calling my mother and talking to her about this, and she said, you know, Tina, you're really reminding me of a lot of things that, that I went through. And so we had started having this dialogue and I started like really listening and hearing my mother for the first time about her own journey. And she had four kids. So she was sharing with me the, the phase of maternal depression, you know, to give it a name. And we were just talking about the ebb and the flow of motherhood and particularly when you have a child for the first time. And so there were these conversations happening. And then I started reaching out to friends of mine and, and, you know, about that time, the internet, you know, was really coming to life and I would connect with friends of mine in these little chat rooms way back when. And so we were having all these wonderful conversations and I was gathering stories. And so I gathered people's stories with their permission I took my own mother's story, I took my story, and I started to write a series of articles. And the articles were kind of like how-to type of thing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're kind of going through this phase, you know, this is a question to think about, or maybe this is um, a prompt, you know, things like that. And, And the book started writing itself. And from the book, I was asked to create by another colleague of mine. She wanted to know if I could do it in a workshop. So I started to put together a workshop based on the moon phases, based on transition, based on, you know, any type of transition. And this was specifically for women at that time, the workshop. And so I was looking at these different scenarios of divorce or, you know, maybe somebody had lost a spouse or, you know, having a new child or, or you know, empty nest, whatever the case, the situation was. And I created a pilot workshop. So I kind of piloted this uh, workshop, taking women through a process uh, very much like my own, and I was pulling questions, and I was coming up with prompts based on my own transition and what I was hearing from theirs, and the workshop kind of started putting itself together, and then from there, it went into the book, and then I created a deck of cards, so the moon inspired journaling by the moonlight. That's kind of what I ended up coming up with as the, as the title, journaling by the moonlight, because that's what I was doing. I was journaling. I was doing it through the moonlight and going through the metaphor of the moon. And it has really led me in the last, you know, 15 years now uh, into all kinds of opportunities. And I work with people in all kinds of transitions, life transitions, business transitions. Maybe they're leaving their career to mm-hmm. start, uh, you know, their own um, company, or maybe they've gotten fired or, you know, a lot of different things. And I also work with creative people who are writing books or wanting to create something or wanting to open an art gallery or whatever it might be. And we, we go through the phases of the moon as a metaphor um, starting in that place of darkness and working our way all, all up to the full light and understanding what that means. And then we take it around. We work with the ebb and flow. And then I added the blue moon 
to my process, which is not a natural moon phase, but I added the blue moon and decided to use that particular phase as looking at one's legacy. You know, what is the story want to tell us? What is this transitional journey about? Where is it leading us? How is it part of our bigger legacy? And so I've created this body of work that I have just been using so many different ways. And I'm a lover of the moon. I'm, I'm the moonlight muse. And that's what I now call myself because I'm so inspired by the moon. And then I myself inspire others. So that's how wow. the moon entered my life. How can finding yourself in the middle of nowhere, you know, help you find yourself? You know, like in today's society, there is so much uh, alienating of people, alienating of thoughts, ideas. How can you help find yourself under all these sociological pressures and, and problems that we find ourselves in, mostly thanks to this modern-day bombardment of data from technology? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, let's let's think about that phrase for a moment, you know, finding yourself in the middle of nowhere. So, so let me just kind of put it like this. You can find yourself in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of nowhere, you can find yourself. So if we kind of look at that, you know, we can um, kind of look at you can find yourself in the middle of nowhere, kind of feeling like you're lost, you're in the wilderness, you're bombarded. Um, everything feels a little empty, you know, it's kind of like, what do I do with all this? And so in a sense, there's no there, there. However, what we could do if we kind of flip it to the other side or in the middle of nowhere, you could find yourself, it kind of opens the door to possibility. And this is actually a quote, Rob, that I use when I teach through the phases of the moon in the first quarter, and the way that I've done this is I've broken down each of these phases, and they each have a very significant meaning in the phase of transition. So finding yourself in the middle of nowhere is a quote that I love to use a lot when I'm teaching from the first quarter, because it's half light and half dark. So I invite people to kind of be in the, that place of darkness, you know, really feel like, you know, really get connected with that bombardment and, and what do I do with all this? And the world is chaotic and I don't know where to turn. And, and then we look at the light of possibility. You know, we start to look a little bit more from this place of, you know, what are the possibilities? So if we imagine for a moment in that place of darkness, we're out in the wilderness, we don't know, you know where we're going, but... We can just sit and take it all in with curiosity. We can wonder, well, what is it about this space that I'm supposed to be learning? You know, what is it about this chaos that wants to teach me something? And so you begin to kind of break it down. It brings to our awareness a larger question that's worthy of pondering. And the question is, you know, does being in the middle of nowhere trigger feelings of being lost or does it trigger a sense of wonder? And so when I'm in the space with people, mm -hmm. you know, I absolutely want to acknowledge that darkness and we put it on the table and we get in touch with it. And then I flip it, you know, I kind of turn it around. It's like going on a vacation. You know, we get really excited and some people want to map out every little step or we could decide that we're going somewhere and kind of leave it open ended. So it's like leaving life open-ended. It's like entering into, you know, curiosity. It's like entering chaos and thinking, I don't really like the way this feels, but let me just 
pay attention to what I'm noticing within myself. You know, what is it Mm -hmm. I want to learn? Let me just close my eyes and let me just hear the voice inside of me. And how does it want to guide me through the the forest of chaos? So it's really about acknowledging the dark and the light and how they want to play with each other. Because things are always going on in the world, and, and we can certainly play in that feeling of darkness. So is it safe and, to say that yeah. it's always darkest before the dawn? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree in that. And, and you know, and there's, you know, we hear another phrase about, you know, sometimes hitting mm-hmm. rock bottom. I mean, yeah. sometimes we really do have to go into that dark room in order to see the light. And, and I always share with people that, you know, if our world was just light all the time, you know, where's the fun in that, really? I mean, we're, how would we ever know anything different if we didn't have darkness to have a contrast? And so if we lit a candle in a very bright room, would we really notice the candle? Or if we were in a dark room and lit a candle, all of a sudden we're noticing the light. And so there's, we do really need the darkness in order to really get in touch with that part of us that we aren't always listening to. Um, so if we're walking around all the time in this light, you know, there's a whole lot going on that maybe we're not noticing, but then the lights go out and we start to notice something different. You know, I mean, when we think of like if we're having a power outage and we're, you know, in our house and we're doing things and then the lights go out, we start to look for other ways of processing that area, that space, that, um, you know, world, if you will. We start to notice, you know, the candles. We start to notice the flashlight or the Mm -hmm. light on a phone. And, you know, we start to pay attention to things that we wouldn't otherwise see if we were always in the light. Stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Tina Games is our guest. Her website is www. Now, do you have your pencils and paper ready? All right, hold on. Da, da, da. Okay, there you go. www.themoonlightmuse.com. And Tina and I will be back on the other side of the news as we continue talking about the moon, and moonlight, and much more here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. You know, I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know, the night's magic seemed to whisper and hush. You know, the soft moonlight seems to shine in your blush. Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love? Can I just make some more romance with you? This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Roads 
house full of houses, never home. Church full of singing, out of tune. Everyone's gone to the moon. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Tina Games is my special guest this hour. She's the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery. Now, before we get back to Tina, starting Monday, the 20th of November, that's next Monday, you can join me first thing in the morning as I am the new guy behind the mic on Channel 365's Good Morning 365. You can join me Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. until 9.30 a.m. as we talk about news, we talk about entertainment, and of course, we play great tunes. That's on Channel 365's Good Morning 365 at www.channel365.com or on iHeartRadio. Once again, Tina Games is our guest. Uh, she is the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery, www.themoonlightmuse.com. So, you know, anyone who is in the, uh, the police force or in hospitals or any first responders will tell you that when there's a full moon, the world goes cuckoo. <laughs> what is the attraction that people have with the moon? Why, you know, like some of the songs we've been playing, uh, poetry, love letters, uh, man's mission to, to land on the moon. What do you think the, the driving force behind that, that sense of adventure and that romantic urge is when it comes to the moon? You know, it's a very interesting question because uh, I work so much with writers and artists and highly creative people. And the, there is definitely something about the moon that is so inspiring. And I believe it, it's a place that we can't really touch. I mean, we're on Earth. I mean, we can put our feet there. And even mm -hmm. though we can't really see the sun, I mean, we can see it on our skin. We can get our suntans. But there's something about the moon that it's just so beautiful but we can't really touch it. You know, there's this curiosity yeah. about it. And particularly through the phases, because we don't see the sun in that way. I mean, the sun rises and sets, but we never really see um, the phases of the sun. You know, we don't see that unless there's an eclipse. You know, we um, have those well, little joys every now and then. Well, sure, but, but it's also very hard so to look at the sun. You hurt it your is. eyes. Yeah. It is. It is. And at night, too, there's something really magical about the night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, I talk a lot to uh, creative people, and so many people are inspired in the night. I think because it's quieter, and, you know, you can go out, and you're noticing. I love to take moonlit walks, and you're hearing noises, and you're just noticing things that you wouldn't see in the daylight. It was what we, you know, were talking about in the last segment. We just notice different things in the darkness, and we can see the moon, and she can shine her light down, and we can get enough light in order to see things, but we can't really see them in the way we can in the darkness. So, um it really does invite curiosity and it invites those possibilities within us. It really inspires imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, if we see a tree in the darkness, we might not know, well, does it have leaves or the leaves red? Are they green? Because you really don't know. All you can see are the shadows. And so it inspires that imagination 
about, well, what is that? You know, what is that over there? I see a shadow and what is it? And this is what I love about the moon and this is what I hear a lot. And, and in fact, I'm kind of being reminded of a quote um, by poet Mary Oliver and this quote, and I actually use this a lot in my work too. And she said, someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness it took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. How can we say and, that darkness is a gift, though? Yeah, well, I see. So here's the question. Okay. In the darkness, mm -hmm. I always ask, because the dark moon, it can, the energies of the dark moon can feel really potent. And that's because they are. When we go out in, at nighttime, and particularly during a new moon phase, and we're looking around and we're like, where is the moon? Mm -hmm. You know, the moon is so beautiful and she lights up the sky. But when she's dark, we notice the stars more. You know, there's something about the darkness that really invites us to see something else that we wouldn't see in, in the light. And I will tell you, I went to Iceland um, two years ago and I, was, I didn't time it this way. It just kind of happened. But we ended up going during a new moon phase, and the northern lights were the most incredible. It was the most magical thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I was told later on by somebody that, oh, gosh, you're, you got so lucky to see it in a new moon phase. Because sometimes the moon was, is so bright and so beautiful, but she outshines everything else in the sky. So during a new moon phase, in that dark space, you know, you're looking around for the moon, but you notice the constellations, you notice the the stars, and you can kind of feel yourself becoming part of that. And so Mary Oliver's quote kind of reminds me of a question that I love to ask, and it's, what is the gift in this darkness that is waiting to be discovered by me? So whenever I'm working with somebody in these transitions and, and they feel really dark and heavy, you know, we... Again, we acknowledge what's there. We certainly want to pay attention to the emotions. And then I begin to shift it more in the, um, what I like to uh, call, beginning to see darkness in a whole new light. So I invite people to really be with that darkness and to allow themselves to see the darkness in a whole new light. What is the gift in this darkness that is waiting to be discovered by me? So it's like walking outside in, in the night and I can see, you know, just enough light to see that there's a tree in front of me, but I can't really tell much about the tree. I just can see that it's a shape of a tree. I don't know anything about it because in the daytime, I could probably tell you if it's an oak tree or a holly tree or, you know, maple tree. But in the nighttime, I can't tell you that. All I can see is a silhouette and then my imagination gets stirred. I can start to ask questions. Well, what do I think the tree might be? You know, what, what, what could be the possibilities? And so this is kind of like in life. I mean, when we're in a dark place in our lives, mm -hmm. we can become very curious about it. It's a perfect opportunity to make a new discovery about ourselves as we contemplate the next evolution of who we're becoming. And we can begin to ponder the various scenarios, you know, asking what are we learning from this experience? I always like to share with people that, you know, the life you live is the lesson you teach. So we're all given these, these experiences in life to really learn something about ourselves. But what, what really happens? What happens, though? I, I can agree with you to a certain point where the lessons we learn are, are the life we teach. But what happens if the person who is teaching us has been taught the wrong lessons? 
Well, that's a good question. And and here's the other um, piece of this is mm-hmm. we can really only teach with what we know. I mean, we really can. And a good teacher, my experience has always been that I don't come in knowing everything. I, I'm here as a guide. You know, I'm just here to facilitate. I'm here to, to lay the loose framework. So I think anytime we're learning something, there's an element of just having the framework. And I mean, I've got two teenagers, so I do know that the best of our teachers in the world will give us just enough to open the door for ourselves and and invite us to walk through it. Because a really good teacher and a good guide never wants to give you the answers. We may want to gently kind of slide you in a particular area so that you're seeing something that maybe you're not seeing, Mm -hmm. but I'm not here to tell you what to see. I'm not here to, I might say, hey, look at that what what does that look like over there? And you might say it looks like a tree. Well, tell me more about that tree. I'm not here to tell you what the tree is. Mm-hmm. I'm here to invite you into your own awareness. So you ask a very good question about truth because each and every one of us have our own versions of the truth. And how well do we know that within ourselves? I mean, are we living somebody else's truth? You know, I've also uh, learned that when people go through transitions, it's an opportunity to shed a layer of some kind. And, and I, um, when women are going through divorces, I hear this quite a bit, that they learned something from that marriage. And at the same time, they also learned what that marriage wasn't for them. Well, the you same know, thing for an, men. This is exactly what men who go through divorces also learn. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so there's an element of the truth. And whenever we go through an experience, it is our experience. And, you know, when you go through a divorce, you've got two versions of that. You've got, you know, both people have their own version of what they feel like that experience was well, you, about. You know, as, as a former police investigator, I learned there are three sides to every story. His mm-hmm. side, her side, and the truth. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just listening to two sides, you will never get to the truth. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And and also, you know, there's um, you can also pick, you know, and I, again, I was a journalist for mm-hmm. a number of years, so it was my job to get everybody's version of the story. Exactly. You know, I I had to get everybody's version of the story because mm-hmm. the the truth of the you know the reality of it was in the center, and everybody had their own experience of what was happening. But her experience was different than his versus hers versus his. And it was my job as a journalist to gather all of these stories, much like you did as a police officer, and then to put it all together to kind of come into the middle of perhaps what might have been the reality. There, well, you know? there seems to have been a, 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 a change somewhere along the line when, when, when you're talking about journalism, because the journalism that we're witnessing today certainly doesn't reflect the journalism that that you as a professional journalist practiced journalism these days is is too sensationalistic and uh, if it don't bleed it don't lead mm-hmm. yep that's very true and i think social media as much as i love social media i love oh, yeah. it for a lot of reasons but everybody's an expert these days oh my and gosh yeah yeah Everybody's an expert. And I mean, I watched it, you know, during the uh, political cycle, you know, everybody had their version of the truth. And mm-hmm. so you really had to do your own homework. You really had to go and dig and and ask good questions and really do your research. Because I mean, that's the that's the downside of social media. Everybody's an expert. You know, anybody it, can put something out there. It, it, you know, like I, I used to have thousands of people on Facebook and I, I've 
I, I'm just dropping them like, like flies <laughs> because I don't care what your breakfast looks like. You know, like, are you so needy? One said, hi, uh, like it if you read this. I know that people will be reading my, my message to the world. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wrote the guy back and I said, are you that needy? You need psychiatric help. Are you taking your meds? Well, and again, well, in social media has given us all a voice and, you know, we may not agree with everybody's voices and, and, you know, that's fine. And we have that right, you know, to not look at somebody's breakfast or maybe, you know, to look over this way. And, And that's, that's the gift of, I think of darkness as well, is that we, we have a whole other realm. You know, when we move from the light into the darkness, it's a whole other realm. It's, it's a whole other experience. And I think that's what life is about, and and I'm a believer of intuition, you know, and that's another gift of the moon. We're going to have to take a break here because I have to take my final break. ExoNation, our guest this hour, is Tina Games, and her website is themoonlightmuse.com. Don't forget, visit www.xzbn.net for all the programming available to you 24-7-365. Don't go away. Eyes full of sorrow, never wet. Hands full of money, all in debt. Sun coming out in the middle of June. Everyone's gone. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Monopoly 21 
checkers and chairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Fred Lassie in a breakfast mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's play Twister. Let's play Risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll see you in heaven if you and welcome back, everyone. Our guest this hour is Tina M. Gaines. She is the author of Journaling by the Moonlight, A Mother's Path to Self-Discovery. Her website is www.themoonlightmuse.com. You know, you say that doors are closing so that new ones can open. Can you explain that? Absolutely. Well, again, when we're going through a transition and I wanted to actually just use a, a quick example of what you shared earlier, Rob, where, you know, looking at somebody's dinner on Facebook. Mm-hmm. One of the um, gifts of transition, I think, um, and changes in our lives is to get really clear on what we don't like and what we do like, you know. And and I think we have these opportunities in life, you know, as, as you were sharing on social media, you don't want to see everybody's dinner. Yeah, like Other people... Other people might like it, but I think we have to have these experiences in our lives to get very clear on where our boundaries are, get very clear on what we want, where we're going, what mm-hmm. we desire, what we don't desire. And so when we're looking at doors, you know, what doors are closing so that new ones can open, you know, these are opportunities and transitions to kind of put closure on things so that we can move on. I always like to use um, kind of this you know, metaphor, if I will, of of the traveling suitcase. Whenever we go and travel, if we're not closing doors, if we're not putting closure on things and kind of making sense of things or making peace and bringing gifts forward and letting go of things we don't like, then we're always traveling with that very, very, very heavy suitcase all of our lives. And we can be kind of dragged to the ground. So when I work with people in transition, I always like to take them through these exercises where we really put closure on things. You know, what is it that you have learned about yourself in this divorce? You know, what is it that you realized really isn't who you are? You know, and what did you learn and how did this divorce help you become a better person? You know, we're kind of looking at the marriage and and really because I I really strongly believe, you know, even through a divorce, not everything is bad. There was some good stuff there. So let's let's pull the good forward. Let's let go of what wasn't so so good. Let's make peace with that. Let's acknowledge what we learned from it and let's move forward so that what doors are closing so that new ones can open. And in order to open up a new door, you want to be able to go in there fresh. You want to be able to go in what I like to call open and allowing, being open to new experiences, being ready for the next experience. And we can't really be fully ready for the next experience if we're dragging all this other stuff behind us. So I'm always asking people, notice where you are in the crossroad of this transition. Really acknowledge what's brought you here and look behind you and pay attention to what's ending. You know, notice what gifts want to go forward and what needs to be left behind and, and really pay attention to synchronicity. You know, pay attention to where doors are opening without a lot of effort and, and follow those doors. You know, we, all, we tend to resist so much in our lives. You know, just notice where the doors are opening with, without a lot of effort. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, what doors are closing and mm-hmm. what new ones can open because we don't want to carry all that baggage, so to speak, into the next experience. You sound a lot like a grief counselor at times. So how did you go from being a journalist to 
or to work with you or whatever it might be. And it was one of those cases where I was open and allowing. I wasn't going to make any judgments on that. I was noticing that a door was opening and I was going to walk through it and I was going to follow the synchronicity. So it's really about being open and allowing because life is always giving us these wonder, wonderful opportunities. Even in darkness, we're still getting wonderful lights that we wouldn't see if we were so attached to this you know specific way of seeing the world over here in this light and so doors just flew open i listened to people i i was listening to people saying to me i'm not a mother but i resonate with what you're saying could i come to your workshop i was listening to those voices and so i started to kind of follow that uh path of synchronicity and started working with all kinds of people in transition. So it wasn't just one particular mm -hmm. transition. It was many. And I learned that this process can be applied to any life transition, any business transition. And, and it, there is a level of grieving because whenever you're moving through a transition, you are grieving. Yeah. Even when you've made the choice, you are still grieving a part of you that is kind of falling away why is it some people yeah. why is it some people need to be coached and others pull up their socks learn the lesson and continue in life and become very successful at it you know i think it depends on the person i really think it just depends on the person and i also very strongly believe that we tend to as, as human beings mm -hmm. we tend to get very attached to an outcome and when the outcome isn't happening that we've attached ourselves to, then that's where we kind of get hung up because we're so, we're hanging on. It's like, you know, picturing yourself hanging on to the bumper of a car and it's trying to drive away. And I think as a society and, and as human beings, we tend to get so attached that, okay, this is what I see happening and this is what's going to happen. I mean, I think goal setting is wonderful. Do not get me wrong. But I also think that there has to be a level of flexibility so that if it doesn't happen exactly as you're picturing it or you think it's going to happen, that you're not getting so spun up on it that you're getting yourself wound up. You know, I say this to people like dating, for example. If you've got your heart set on a man with dark eyes and dark hair and you're sitting there looking around looking for him and this really handsome blonde-headed blue-eyed guy's coming up tapping you on the shoulder, you're not going to see him if you're too focused over here. And he he's, you know... He might be the guy. And so that's what I say to people. It's fine to set your goals. It's fine to set your intentions. But give yourself a little bit of freedom for flexibility because what you might think is supposed to happen, mm -hmm. you might be looking over here at the left when over here on the right is really, that, that's your destiny over this way. But, you know, I, I'm, so, listening to, I'm listening to you and I'm saying, God, if people need to hear this from an outsider, how do they actually live their daily life without getting run over at the first intersection they come to? Well, again, that's a matter of choice. It, it's, a, it's really just a matter of choice. And I also believe, because I've got two teenagers and I can remember this about myself, mm -hmm. sometimes people have to fall. Well, and of course. you have to let them. You have, and, well, I'll tell yeah. you something. 
There is no successful business person that I know in this great world of ours who has not fallen. It's when you fall off the horse, you learn the lesson, Mm -hmm. because any failure is a lesson to success. And anybody with half a brain in their head knows this. Yep. Well, but you would be very surprised. And and the other um, thing that I say to people, a lot of us, we're in our own way. You know, we are the person in our own way. It's not anything else. It's not anybody else. It's us because we've attached ourselves to a particular way that something is supposed to happen. And that is more of an internal thing and not an external thing. And that's also the, you know, sometimes it does take a coach to come in and say, hey, you are in your own way. And I also believe, you know, there's um, there's a saying that says, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I do believe some of us get it on the first go, some of us the second, some of us the third, other people the tenth. And it's just we're all on different journeys in life. And I am not a person who judges as much as I might want to say, hey, come on, it's right here. People have to get it in their own way. And, but and if, I know they have to, if they have to get it in their own way, why do they need you? Well, Because what happens if your way is not the right way? And they well, learn, is, wait a sec, yeah. they learn the lesson from you and that lesson doesn't work. Well, this is where you have to ask the questions because I'm like, why doesn't it work? I, I'm really asking deep questions. I'm a deep, deep you know, listener um, when working with somebody. And I'm listening and I'm following my intuition. Again, I work with, um, in fact, I was on a, the phone with a client right before jumping uh, on this call. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was the same thing that we've talked about many, many times. And, and I just had to stop and, and say, do you mind if I go back to my notes from, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm kind of reading. And I said, I just want you to just kind of listen, because this is what we talked about on this day. This is what we talked about. What are you noticing? And I think sometimes people need to hear things several times. And um, so they have to come and they have to hear things. You know, my husband was telling me very recently that particularly like healthcare, that there might be a person who will go to the first doctor that will tell them this. The second doctor tells them the same mm-hmm. thing. They go, and the 10th doctor finally tells them what they want to hear. Tina, I hate to do this, but we're out of time for tonight. I want to thank oh. you so much for joining us. And Exxon Nation, if you would like to hear more from Tina. Wow. I got tired just listening. The website is themoonlightmuse.com. And I still cannot understand... Why people will go to non-professionals for advice. It boggles my mind. It, in my opinion, it shows us how weak and fragile certain members of society are where they have to depend on others to take them by the hand and lead them through life. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. <laughs> 